and now we need someone to, you know, encourage us. So the more we see you, the more we also do the dancing. Amen. And these young ones as well, they are so they're standing there, they just want you to inspire these young guys. The elder uh, and G see your tablet as well. So, Amen. We are moving from prophesying and all just do up and up and up. We are no something, let's just continue in that. Amen. I want to greet us all, to greet our sharing elders and uh, the board of elders who have afforded me also this time just to stand before you. I don't take it lightly. So thank you, our coordinating elders, the board of elders, the deacons, the saints, I love you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Allow me also to greet my one and only. Mm. Otherwise, if I don't do that, boom. Mm. If you get walk there, you'll be like, ah. Amen. No greetings for me. I want to thank God, as I said, for this opportunity uh, coming and standing before you. We don't take it lightly. And what preacher was just saying, to stand before the people of God and share a word. It's, it's not something that we just take for granted, nor to take lightly. Because someone will take the word that we are sharing and they will hang on to that word. So you always pray and say, God, you have given me this opportunity. So help me that I speak your mind, not to speak what I'm thinking that you want me to do, to speak. But I have to speak what God said I should speak. So you just pray and say, God, help me that the word as it is being received, it will not be a word that will mislead anyone. It will be a word that will actually build, a word that will continue to edify someone, a word that will take someone to the next level, a word that will not incline someone to go in a different direction totally. Hold to that way, they say this is the way that we heard from elders when the way is misleading. So you just pray and say, God, help me that the way that I am going to share, you have given me, is the way that is coming from you. Amen. Amen. We thank God that as we learned last week with our sharing elder, Elder James, was speaking on in a relationship, and we just want to continue with that. Amen. So we open our way to the book of John. I usually don't give titles to my message, but I hope you will find the title or the title as we go. John chapter 10. Before we read John chapter 10, let me just quickly summarize to you. John 9, John chapter 9, so that when we go into John chapter 10, at least we have a fair idea of what's happening. John chapter 9, in a brief in a summary, we see a blind man, Jesus Christ, the middle blind man, who is working with the disciples. They come across this blind man, and Jesus Christ, he heals the blind man, he speaks for the clay. His faithful claim and he anoints his eyes and he says, Go and wash the pool of Silo. And he went, the blind man, and his eyes opened. So he was seen by those who knew him. They said, How come this man he was blind but now he see? Some began now to question to wonder, is he the same man or is he different? And he quickly answers and comes in the conversation and he says, It is me who was blind. How then are you seeing when we know that we are blind? And he says, A man anointed my eyes and asked me to go to the pool of Siloam and I watched and now I see. The word of God continues to tell us and says, They took him to the Pharisees. The Pharisees asked him the same question as well. How see you now when we 
know that you were blind. He explained the same situation again. And there's a conversation that transpired until eventually they chased him out. They kicked him out of the synagogue because he was giving glory to God and the Pharisees were now saying to him, you now you want to teach us the ways of God. You want to teach us how we to relate to God. We know God. We are the Pharisees. Eventually they kicked him out. When they kicked him out, Jesus Christ later on met the man now who initially was blind but now seen. And he knew the circumstances that he has now been kicked out of the synagogue. And Jesus Christ asked this man a question and said, do you believe in the Son of God? And he answers and says, yes. As he personally requested and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe? Jesus Christ answers and said, it is he whom you have seen and he who is talking to you. And the word of God says, and he worshipped him. This is the blind man. So, when we read further now, from verse 39, after where he says he worshipped him. So from chapter John 19, then he says, I prefer ourselves from 37. You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. So this was the reply of Jesus. The 39 Jesus now continues and says, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who do not... I'll start again. For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard those words and say to him, are we blind also? 41. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have not seen. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Then we are continuing to chapter 10. This is where we are going to. So chapter 9 was a link of what is happening because essentially when the word of God was written, we all these chapters, so it's a continuation. So I'll read from verse 1. Most assuredly, that is chapter 10, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, he climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. I am one who enters. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The shepherd gives life for the sheep. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. And the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. We start way back. He is starting and says, Most assured, I said to you, he who enters the sheepfold. He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but he climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So, you want to quickly understand and say, okay, what are we saying? Because many a time, even us now, when we are hearing Jesus speaking, sometimes we need to be very, very careful. Because sometimes he never spoke to a point directly. Mm-hmm. It always comes back. And now, that is why when you continue to read and you say, we really need this Holy Spirit so that he reveals these scriptures to us. 
these mysteries that are hidden, what are these that are hidden? Because again, Jesus Christ he says, God has hidden these mysteries, this truth, to those who are not of his. And you see the scriptures, the Bible, they are sold everywhere. Anyone can have access to them anywhere, anyone. But when you come now to the real understanding of the word, you see that very few will understand it. Because the word has only the revelation has only been given to the few. But the understanding the reading, we can read all of us. And we can actually go this way when the word of God is going this way. And Jesus Christ many a time would speak in ways that the bigger, uh, the bigger uh, people who be around would go with a different point when he was saying something. That's why now you see the disciples would come to him now privately and say, Master, on that area you spoke about this, can you expound, can you tell us what you meant and Jesus would now give you. You say, for you it is given to understand, to know these things. But for them it is not. Mm. So we want to pray as a God. Even us also as I am reading the word of God. Mm. Help me that I also understand this truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The doorkeeper, when he is saying the doorkeeper, he says the doorkeeper when he comes and he sees the shepherd coming, he opens the door. The good shepherd does not just enter, but says, let's go before his sheep by his name. So what happens to the doorkeeper? When we are speaking of the doorkeeper, it is the law and the prophets. When we are, when Jesus Christ is saying the doorkeeper is speaking of the law and the prophets. And the door is that which was prophesied upon him or his coming. Jesus Christ now when you go back into the old the law and the test of the law and the prophets. This is where the law and the prophets they prophesied of his coming. You see even in the book of Deuteronomy where Moses now is speaking to the children of Israel. And he says, God will give you a prophet amongst you who be like me. Him you shall listen. And he goes on again to the book of Isaiah. And he says, behold, a virgin shall conceive a child. Amen. And he goes, continues again in the book of Isaiah again. And he says, unto us a child is given. Unto us a son is given. Hallelujah. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Amen. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. All these were prophesied upon him. Jeremiah 31, 31 now comes and says, There shall come a time when a new covenant will be given unto you. Not this covenant that was given to your forefathers, who did not even manage it to, 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 to continue with this covenant. But now God is giving you a new covenant. A new covenant that will now usher you into a new church of Christ. Hallelujah. So now this way, the prophecies that spoke of Jesus Christ. And now even when he's speaking and he says, I am coming now to, and I call my sheep. So essentially what now he's saying, he's now saying, he now has the authority. He's the only one now who has the authority. Henceforth, he calls others thieves and the robbers. Because none of the prophecies spoke of any of them. All the prophecies they spoke of Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the Christ. And all these who came were thieves and the robbers. And this points even to those, mainly even the Pharisees whom he was addressing to. Because when you begin to look and you say, the Pharisees, where are they? When you look at the book of Genesis to Malachi, you do not see any of the word called Pharisee. You do not see any of the word called Sadducees. But there came a time when these self-appointed now, Pharisees, were now the head, were now saying, we are your shepherd. But now Jesus Christ says, no, they are thieves and robbers. Yeah. He would he comes now and says, I am now the good shepherd. Yeah. And he says, I enter into the shepherd. Hallelujah. Yeah. And when I go, I begin to call the sheep by name. Yeah. So he comes in, but it's not everyone. 
Because he's saying, I call them by name. Those who I have called by names, they hear my voice. Hallelujah. And he begins to lead, and they follow. Hallelujah. Amen. So, this is Jesus Christ what he's telling us. So, the law and the prophets is the document. The law is that which was prophesied by all these prophets and the laws. That is why, even when you go back into the scriptures, it says, All the scriptures they spoke about me. When you read, it says, Moses spoke about me. The Psalms, they spoke about me. The prophets, they spoke about me. So, these are what was prophesying. These are what was giving Jesus Christ the right to be the only one who says, I am the good shepherd. Who has the legal right to enter and to take the flock out. Hallelujah. Calling them by name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the Almighty God. Glory to the Almighty God. Amen. When we read from the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 4, it now tells us that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Are we following? Born of a woman, born under the law. To redeem those who are under the law, that they might receive the adoption of sons. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ was also born under the law to redeem those who are under the law. And who were those who were under the law? It is the household of Israel. Remember, earlier on, he actually says, Salvation is for the Jews. Hallelujah. So he comes now and he says, now I'm coming as the shepherd who is entitled now to come and take my sheep. Mm. Hallelujah. Take them from where? I'm taking them now out of the Old Testament. And where are you going with them? I'm now going to the new church of Christ. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is where Jesus Christ was pointing. So, so in the book of Galatians, we read and we understand that he came now to redeem those who were under the law. Hallelujah. He was born of a woman and he came as someone who was also born within the law. That is why even earlier on when we were talking about in, in our Bible study, we were saying the, 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 what about the New Testament starts when Jesus Christ is, is crucified. When he is actually crucified, that's when the New Testament starts. So even as we are reading even the book of Matthew and all that, until and only when the blood was shed, I think Elder Ray with the Holy Communion here, he read also from the book of First Corinthians, isn't it? Until and only when we were partaking of those emblems, which is the blood and the body of Christ. And he says, now this is the new covenant I've given unto you. Amen. So the new covenant only comes after he has only been lifted up. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ is now pointing and saying, this is the direction where you are to go. No longer are you to remain in the Old Testament. No longer are you to remain in the law and the prophets. Because when you see again in another scripture, Matthew 5, 17, he says, I have now come to fulfill the law and the prophets, not to abolish. And indeed, he did fulfill that. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We continue.
coming in and all again these as I said earlier they all testified of Jesus Christ they all prophesied and spoke of his coming hallelujah but the Sadducees and the Pharisees where are they coming from where did they come from where did they come from and how did they even rise to such positions when we read he who actually gave the law does not even know that they were Pharisees and Sadducees. Does not even know that there were people who had already given themselves positions. And now he certainly calls these thieves and robbers. Amen. So they had no entitlement to all that that they were already entitling themselves to. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to the Almighty God. Thieves and robbers, they will not take you to greener pastures. Thieves and robbers do not even know any plan that they have for you. Thieves and robbers, they only have their self-interest. They don't have your interest in your heart. That is why he says the doorkeeper cannot open the door for them. So what is it that they do? They jump over. They jump over. And when they jump over, some who are blinded will follow, not knowing that these are not the true shepherds. These have just jumped, but they are not the ones. Amen. But him, he now says, I am the good shepherd. Yeah, and he now continues to say in verse 8 to make it more clearer. And he says, Now I am the dog. Because earlier on, he says, the doorkeeper opened the door for me. Mm. But now he says, I have the door. Mm. So Jesus Christ is where we go through now. Mm. And that's why when you read John 14, 16, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to the Almighty God. Amen. Glory to the Almighty God. And I like it when you continue to read the whole chapter of chapter 10. When you actually have time, just let go and it. He continues to speak and to teach. And he says, I end the door. I end the door. I end the door. So, again, these are things, even when I'm reading the word by myself, and say, okay, you are you need to pause sometimes and say, God, you continue to say you are the door, isn't it? And you are saying, as the door, you call your ship and they hear your voice. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. And now if you are saying we are naming and you are calling them by name, so what happens, what is it that is happening to those whom we have not called by their name? Mm. So you pause and you win, you, 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 you you say, God, help me. What is it happening? For those who have not been called. Because if he says, I'm calling them by name, that means not everyone is actually been called. So that is why even when we read John 3, verse 16, that scripture that called all, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe should not perish but have eternal life. So, when you are saying, it says, whoever believes in John 3, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But when you go into John 10, <laughs> Jesus is saying, I lay down my life for my sheep. So which one started first? Him, the laying down of his life, or those whom we had already known that I will call man two, three, four? What started? Did, I, did, question, did you get my question? Can I start it again? Yeah. He says, let's go to the scripture, maybe it makes it easier.
Verse 17. Okay, well, we did not go that far away. We wonder why we are. Okay. Verse 17, yes. Therefore, my father loves me because I laid down my life that I may take it again. Hallelujah. So, here, there's, a, there's also an earlier a verse before that as well, a, that also says the same. Because in verse 10, in verse 10, yeah, that's where, exactly where we are going to read. It says, The thief does not come to steal, but to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and then that may have it more abundantly and easily. More abundantly, that's for it. That's we are talking of eternal life. That's more abundantly. Hallelujah. Then in verse 17, where we actually did not read earlier, he says, I lay down my life that I may take it. But earlier he's saying, I have come. And the doorkeeper has opened the door for me, and my sheep, they hear my voice as I call them by name, and I'm leading them out. So my question now is, which is which is this wish, what is it that started early first before the two? Him laying down his life, then the sheep will be known after his laid down. Or when he laid down his life, he already knew his sheep. Are we getting it? And then what we just maybe give me a bit of understanding if you have it. What started? He laid down of his life, then the sheep came, or it was he already knew his flock. Then he says, I'm laying down my life for this sheep. I think he already knew his sheep, and um, because he was there in the beginning, so he knew of his sheep already before he came down. Thank you. Because was it? That's the same That's the same answer. So, Elder Jean is saying he already knew. Because from the scripture that we are reading, isn't it? Mm. And in fact, when you continue to read, he says, I knew you. You did not choose me. That is John 15, isn't it? And I said to you about And there's a scripture that we always also speak and says, God, you knew me even before I was in my mother's womb, isn't it? So, essentially, now Jesus Christ, when he's saying, I have already laid down my life. That means he had already called his ship. Hallelujah. He had already called his ship when he was now laying down his own life. Amen. So chapter 16. Let's go in verse 16, brother. Verse 16. And the other ship I have, which are not of this world. Amen. Amen. And them also I must bring and they will hear my voice. And there would be one flock and one shepherd. Earlier, when we started reading in chapter 10, verse 1, going, we said the doorkeeper is the Lord and the prophets, and Jesus Christ is coming to take of the household of Israel. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. And he is calling them by name. But now verse 16, he jumps and he says, after I have called these by their names, there is also another flock, which is not of this. Hallelujah. And this flock that he is now speaking about now, is which flock? The Gentiles. Hallelujah. So this is now the flock that Jesus Christ is talking of now. Those of us we who were Gentiles, those who were not Jews, only the Jews are the one that we are seeing Jesus Christ says, I have come to their salvation. But then he continues now to say, them also who are not of this world, I will also go and I will also call them by their names. And I will put this flock together as one, and with one shepherd. Hallelujah. So when you read now in the book of Romans now, this is where now Paul explains this if you have time, and I encourage you to have time. Read Romans 9, Romans 10, Romans 11. This is where you find Paul explaining all this so much clearly. And now when you see in the Romans... Isn't it? 
And in fact, when he continues to me, he says, I knew you. You did not choose me. That is John 15, isn't it? And I said to you about it. And there's a scripture that we always also speak and says, God, you knew me even before I was in my mother's womb, isn't it? So, essentially, now Jesus Christ, when he's saying, I have already laid down my life. That means he had already called his Hallelujah. He had already called his sheep when he was now laying down his own life. Amen. So chapter 16. Let's go in verse 16, brother. Verse 16. And the other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Amen. Amen. And them also I must bring and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Earlier, when we started reading in chapter 10, verse 1, going, we said the doorkeeper is the Lord and the prophets, and Jesus Christ is coming to take of the household of Israel. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. And he's calling them by name. But now verse 16, he jumps and he says, after I have called these by their names, there is also another flock, which is not of this. Hallelujah. And this flock that he is now speaking about now, is which flock? The Gentiles. Hallelujah. So this is now the flock that Jesus Christ is talking of now. Those of us we who were Gentiles, those who were not Jews, only the Jews are the one that we are seeing Jesus Christ says, I have come to their salvation. But then he continues now to say, them also who are not of this world, I will also go and I will also call them by their names. And I will put this flock together as one, and with one shepherd. Hallelujah. So when you read now in the book of Romans now, this is where now Paul explains this if you have time, and I encourage you to have time. Read Romans 9, Romans 10, Romans 11. This is where you find Paul explaining all this so much clearly. And now when you see in the Romans 10, Paul now is crying and says, I have a, a burden for my kinsmen in the flesh who are the Israelites. For I know they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Hallelujah. For they are seeking God with their own righteousness, not according to the knowledge. And they have forsaken the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. And he says, I am now praying for them. And he now in, this, in chapter 11 of the Romans, verse 11, somewhere there, he now says, the fall of them was a door now for the Gentiles. Hallelujah. So the fall of them was a door for the Gentiles. And now this is where Christ is now saying, and them also who are not of this flock, I have also called them by their name. And not everyone who has been called. But we are sitting here today with this grace that God has given to us. That among us, because some, these are some of the things that sometimes we hardly look at, that among us, the 7.7 billion, I am also among us, those whom God has chosen. Amen. So, just by thinking, thinking of that, only that, even what even our Father has written, you say, I, I don't even need to hear that because already I'm just going to be a child of God as I am supposed to be. Amen. Just the grace that God amongst all, He says, He has chosen me. He has called me by my name to be called a child, to be called a son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That grace only, we never should take it for granted. Hallelujah. We never should take it in vain. We never should take that grace in vain. Mm -hmm. But how are we called? Someone will be asking. Let's read from Ephesians 2, verse 11. Don't let you know that you have got the new case. You have got the new case. 
Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, met in the flesh by hands. That at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who, who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So Paul is explaining, he's telling us how this grace has come to us. And he's saying, us who are without hope, us who are without this God, us who are aliens from these promises that God had given, we were aliens, we were not included in those aliens, in those promises. That is why at this other time, this uh, mother comes and says, God, I also have a child who is also sick. Please, Master, can you pray for him that he may be healed? And what answer does he say? This is not for you. Healing is for the children of Israel. This bread is not for it's just for the children of Israel. But she insists, isn't it? It says, your faith, go. Hallelujah. So we were not in the covenants that Jesus Christ, that God had given to the children of Israel. We outside those promises. That's why we were called dogs. That's why we were called pigs. We were not in those covenants. We could not even sit together with the Jew. Yeah. Hallelujah. We, it was a taboo even to shake hands. They could not even shake hands. To eat in the same place, to go to eat together, they could not even do that. Even when you see even the temple, when you're going back to the law, the Gentiles had their own portion to sit somewhere there. And why is it those of the Israelites who sit? So this is the setup how it was. And this is now the grace that Paul is explaining to the children of, to the people of, to the church of Ephesians, uh, to the church of Ephesus. Ephesus, thank you. It says, you were far off. We had no hope and without God in the world. But we thank God for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We thank God for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Who in verse 16 of John 10 says, another flock which is not of this, them also I will bring. And I will make them one flock, together with one shepherd. Amen. He be our good shepherd. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Galatians 3, verse 27 to 28. Galatians 3, 27 to 28. That's another book that is also, that I might encourage us as well to read. Galatians. It helps us so much. Yes, indeed. Verse 27. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male of nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is neither male nor female. There is neither Greek nor Jew. There is neither female nor male. But we are all now the children of Jesus Christ. We are all now the children of God. To as many as he received him, to them he gave the power to be called the children of God. Hallelujah. So, we have the grace and we can confidently say we are the children of God. But he continues to teach us in verse 16 also of John 10. He said, then also they will hear my voice. The question many times we ask one another is, I heard the voice, I hear the voice. Am I still hearing the voice? If I heard truly his voice, Hearing the voice of God. This is even where our younger judge was talking about about the relationship last week. Many a time 
Even now his word is being preached. A word you know that you can say this is my word. Sometimes you can be written by yourself and you know that this word is for me. But the question now is if, if I have heard the voice of God, what action am I taking? Now that I have heard, what action am I taking? The challenge many a time that we are having is to be rooted in the word. To be rooted so that because he says, my sheep hears my voice. So if I am his sheep, I question myself and say, am I hearing his voice? If I am not hearing his voice, the question now is, whose voice thank you, am I hearing? And then if for sure he called me by my name and he says, my sheep hears my voice. So where is the discrepancy? Did I assume that I have heard his voice, then I followed those who were going out? Or I actually heard him? They must be a consistent of hearing his voice. But many a time now we are falling short in hearing his voice. And there's a scripture as we continue to go. It gives me a bit of a scare sometimes when you want to think of it. And I'm just like, God, in the book of Matthew, Matthew 7. But not now. So, the challenge, as I've said, is God, I want to walk here in your voice. Mm-hmm. We're doing Bible study. We're the person where we're asking ourselves prayer. Why is it that we are seeing the children of God not having that much zeal in prayer? And if we are speaking of all this grace that we are talking about, that God has chosen us amongst all this, where am I falling short? Why is that I'm not having that vigor? Why is that I'm not having that zeal then to just go and fellowship with my father? Why is that I'm not giving you time to fellowship and to love you? Is my father who has given me this grace, who has called me to be part of the parcel of him. So we need to pause and ask ourselves. Sometimes what is also happening is us as children of God, we are quickly running after so much of material things. Material things sometimes is killing us to the judgment of our spiritual growth. To the judgment of the spirit after God. Mm. But the flesh mm. is after the things that I see. The things that I can touch. The things that I can feel. The things that people begin to say, oh, you know this one. Oh. These are the things that we are running for. We are not balancing. Hence that letter that also our father because we are failing to balance. The spirit man is yearning for the things of God. But unfortunately, the flesh is suppressed in that much. It is crying out. But no one can hear. Now, because we are running after. So, even to answer that question that we heard of the Bible study, this is also the issue that we are having. When we come to prayer, because we see the promises in the word of God. Last time we read the book of John, John 14. Ask anything, anything, and I'll give it to you. Isn't it? So now that because I've been given the promise, ask anything, my mind as a person, as a human, naturally. I'm inclined to seek the things that are temporal and not to seek the things that are permanent. Hallelujah. And many a time Jesus Christ spoke of that. He spoke so much of that. If you read his teachings, 
directing us so much at the things of the heaven, heavenly things. But we run so much. Are we saying we should neglect? No, certainly not. But there should be a balance. Hallelujah. The way God so loved me, the question is, are we also respecting that much? You wonder and you ask yourself and say, God Himself coming down, humbling Himself to be in the form of a man, to be born of a woman, God to be seen, man, God. That is God. God who created the heavens and the earth. But humbling himself to that level that we may have life. And life in abundance. And when he says in abundance, many times again we think of the things of the world. But again, when you read that scripture so far, it's actually eternal life that is talking about. Because there is some way he explains it further that they may have eternal life. life. Hallelujah. But as much as he humbled himself to that much, me who was destined for doomed for death, but he comes, he takes my place. The love that now we are having a teaching this year, are we also respecting that love? How much are we also doing it? How much am I also giving and showing the love that indeed I'm saying, God, we love you. We love you. Just by looking at my life and seeing where you took me from and seeing the grace of God upon my life, that on its own is enough for me to praise God. But now what is happening now, we want to give God conditions. Yeah. We are saying, God, if you are doing this, then I love you. If I don't see this happening, then my love is declining. There's no much that I'm doing. Until and only I see something that has been done for me, then I'm rejoicing. I'm coming, testifying. But without anything that has been done, we can't do that. But God is calling us. God is calling us this afternoon. God is calling us this afternoon. God is calling us this afternoon. But how can I sometimes reciprocate the love when I do not even know and understand Him? Because we are failing to dwell in the Word of God. The more I dwell in the Word of God, the more I now turn my life just to be tuned Hallelujah. But we are not giving ourselves that time. We are failing to do that. Hallelujah. Let's pray that our eyes of understanding, as we read from the book of Ephesians, that they be opened, that they be enlightened, that we may know the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling is the salvation that he has given us. To have that understanding of the hope of his calling. Ephesians 1 17 and 18. That's a prayer. That is why again in the letter our father is saying, for those who are still hearing and saying spiritual eyes be opened, spiritual ears be opened, continue again. And this is a continual process I can rest assure you. Because the wisdom of God we can never exhaust it. So the wisdom of God will continue to require it. The wisdom of God is the daily thing that we need to seek. And how do you seek what is the will of God? The will of God is here, the way that has given to us. As I dwell more and more in the word of God, you will see that less and less you'll be praying and asking for things. Many times you'll be praying and thanking you. I can rest assured. Many times you'll be praying and thanking you. That is why when you read from Matthew 6 33, seek ye the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and this will be added unto you. What the scripture is actually telling us that the more I am dwelling in the word of God, the more I'm dwelling. That is why he says, do not worry about all these things in the previous verses. For I know these things you want them. But 
are dwelling in his word mm. and dwelling with understanding. So it's not just a matter of me finishing eight, nine chapters a day. No. Personally, I'll be even go for two or three scriptures a day. Just dwelling on that. Do you know John 3.16, you're going to spend a whole week, two weeks just trying to understand that scripture only. Just John 3.16 on its own. You spend a week, two weeks on that one scripture only. But many times understanding that we are lacking. Now God says, is speaking through the prophet Josiah, my people are perishing because of the lack of the knowledge. And the knowledge brings understanding. But this understanding we are feeling to get it now. That is why he's saying, pray and ask God to give you. Hallelujah. Mama, what's our Bible study called? Wisdom and Revelation. Hallelujah. So, we say wisdom and revelation because we want to say, God, give us spiritual eyes. The revelation, the mysteries of your way that are hidden, we want to know it and to understand them. Hallelujah. And James 1, verse 5, says, If you like wisdom, ask of God and He will give it to you. So, we need to continue to pray and to ask and say, God, I want this spiritual eyes. Hallelujah. I want this understanding. The understanding that when Jesus Christ is when the man comes to Jesus, he says, they've run out of wine. <laughs> Do you know what's the answer that Jesus Christ says? What's the answer? My time is not yet up. I mean, does it balance up? No, no. Does it balance up what you must ask and what you answer? No. Many comes and says, they've run out of wine. <laughs> and his answer he says, woman, my time is not coming. What is this going to do with me? Your time is not come and what is being asked. It is not making sense. What are you saying? So, there are things that we run amiss. I actually quite a number of examples, but because of my time, we serve you need just to come. But we run amiss. And some of this we discuss even home, even if we are doing our personal Bible study at home. I, my wife, my wife. And we begin to say, God, give us understanding. When you begin to do that, mm. we begin to say, this thing, this is what we've been saying all along. Mm. But this is not. Mm. One example, in the book of Matthew 10, 41. He who receives the prophet in the name of the prophet shall refuse the prophet's word. And he who receives the righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive the righteous means of work. Many a time, we, we use this and we think that what Jesus Christ was saying is actually, but we are speaking in sarcasm if you actually can look into that closer. Because how can I receive a, 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 a prophet's word? He has no word. The word comes from God. So if I am receiving him in his name, if I am receiving a prophet in his name, not in the name of Jesus. That's where he was actually pointing it. So everything is actually about Jesus Christ mm. and not about men. Mm. Whose men cannot give me anything. But he who gives me, he who rewards me is God. But we use that, but the way God was speaking, Jesus Christ was speaking, it was more of in when he was actually saying it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 40, he says, he who receives you receives me. And he who receives, and he who receives him, and he who receives me, receives him who sent me. So, in Jesus' name, do we receive a prophet? In Jesus' name, do we receive somebody? But we don't receive to get a righteous person. Because there's nothing that you can give me. There's nothing. Hallelujah. But the only one who gives is Jesus Christ. He is the only one who gives us. Not in Because all of us, we are all seeking. So you, how can you give me when you are also seeking? How can a prophet who is also required things give me anything? Because it's also after the things. So the only who gives us is God himself. Hallelujah. So we read many scriptures, but the understanding of what Jesus Christ was saying, this is where we are learning and you say, God, help us. So that we understand your word. John 8, verse 32. 
was one quickly while now. John 8, 32. John 8, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Thank you. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Let me read 36, 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Someone wrote John 17, 17. Sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. John 1, verse 1, the word that all know. In the beginning? In the beginning was the word. And the word was So, what are we getting here? Who is the word? God is the word. And in verse 32, we have said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 14, 16. We read it earlier. What does it say? I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So who is saying I am the way? Jesus Christ. So if Jesus says, Christ is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That means when you read now John 8, verse 32, and he says, and you shall know the truth. Now we replace the truth with Jesus. Because all these scriptures that we have read, we have said the truth, the way it is Jesus Christ. And in verse 36, he says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. In 32, he says, if you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. In 36, he's now saying, if you know the Son, then you shall be free indeed. So the truth is Jesus Christ. So when you read now in 32, and you say, and you shall know Jesus, and Jesus shall make you free. So how do I know Jesus Christ? The word. Hallelujah. It is the word that empowers. The word sets you free from condemnation. So even in the areas that we see that one is still weak, we do not go and condemn that person. But we go and encourage through the word. And our Father now says, even if a drunkard gives his life today to Jesus, and that person was still present, the thing that has been born again in him is only the spirit man. But he's still fighting with the lust of the flesh. So you see him still drinking. And our Father teaches us, love that person. But many times we fail to do that. Many times we quickly jump into condemnation. Many times we quickly speak of the weakness. But what we should now even do, even our own selves, the thing that we know that we are still having an issue with, do not look and condemn yourself. The more you are condemning yourself, the more you are drawing yourself away from God. Because as you are drawing yourself, you are not seeing yourself as someone who is capable, as someone who can do it. You are seeing yourself as a failure. You are seeing yourself as someone who has tried but cannot. And the more you do that now, you put already a negative inclination upon yourself. And by that now, you don't even have the confidence of approaching God. But he says in the book of Hebrew, come to me with all boldness. Because I have opened the way for you. But the boldness begin to lack because I am looking at the condemnation. But I need to look at what God has said to me about me. God is saying, I am loving you. God is saying, I know you are weak, I know. But because I have loved you, you are my son. You are one whom I love. That is why when you read in the book of Genesis, the father says, Isaac, this hand, the voice is the voice of, but the hand that I'm touching. You know the scripture. So, he knows, but the question is, I do not have now to say, because this is my weakness, but I just need to pray and say, God, I'm reading your word. Your word begins to cleanse me, to sanctify me, to wash me. Your ways begins to give me that empowerment. As I read more and more of the ways, the empowerment. That is my, our Father says, I resisted many temptations. Why? He says, because of the word. It is the word. He came 
here in Victoria sometime, 2012, 2013, I can't remember, 2018 or something. And we were like, oh, today, oh, Father, we are here. He just said, we do wait. That was the spirit of So it is about his wait. It is about his wait. You know, a big one, oh, I shall off. <laughs> and this is something that you begin to say, this condemnation that we are talking about. You know, I went to out this other time. Got my grocery. You know that trolley, you can put heavy stuff under the trolley, isn't it? So, when I got to the till, I totally forgot that I put some stuff there. Many the times they don't see those people because they are up there they are behind the counter. So she didn't see. When I was offloading the grocery in the car, then I said,
So we just need to pray. And say, God, help us. Even as we continue to seek your understanding, to know you from where we have read, that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. You are the way. You sanctify us by your way, as you say in John 17, 17. Ephesians 1, 17, 18. The way Paul is writing, that they may have the eyes of their understanding enlightened. When I'm reading the word of God, asking the Holy Spirit. You can never do it without the Holy Spirit. That's not true. Never. Again, for those who have not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit, our elders are here. This is why we are here as elders, to make sure that these things are functioning. Everyone is, has been baptized and has been spirit-filled. If we don't do that business, there's no church that we're doing. We're just kind of here in vain. Because we go home, we try to read the Bible, we fail to come up with what the Bible is telling you. You fail to hear the voice of God. I do, at the end of the day, I begin to do my things. John 7, 22, 23, going there. Many will say to me on that day, we not prophesied in your name. That all these things in your name. And he will say, and he says, and I will answer him, say, depart from me. I know you're not. But every day, what I'm now doing, I pray and say, God, I thank you for the day that we have made. I will rejoice in declaring it. Rejoice in wanting to make that relationship that we're teaching us in the last time more and more with you. Amen. And you only do that by dwelling in this way. Dwelling with understanding and walking with understanding. What the way tells me, I've tried to do that. As you try to do it, you see God giving you that enablement, the grace. Mm. <coughs> you see yourself excelling. Can we be one of the 